All right, Nate, time to talk about Hitler. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And we're coming at you from our respective bunkers because we want to talk about Hitler and Nazis, all that together in the movie, Jojo Rabbit. That is the movie for today. Nate, we're, going, we're just jumping right to it. Yeah, let's get, let's get right in. Jojo Rabbit, this was directed by Taika Waititi, who won an Oscar for this movie, Best Adapted Screenplay. This movie also on Rotten Tomatoes got 80% critic score, but 94% audience satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Nate, I did not know what to expect. This movie was actually recommended by several of our listeners and supporters. They were like, you guys do Jojo Rabbit. And it won the Oscar, so I was like, okay, let's do it. Right. I knew it was going to be a little weird and quirky. Yep. I was not expecting to see so many swastikas and hear so many hiles right there <laughs> as the movie begins. It was a little uneasy seeing so much World War II footage also during that uh, intro scene. Yeah, Stephen. This is, you know, sometimes we all go through difficult times or unprecedented times in our world. Yes. And there's nothing quite like a dark satirical comedy mm. to... I'm not sure make me feel any better. We can talk about how kind of this movie stuck with me afterwards, but I am, I'm a bit conflicted, Stephen. Mm. I'm a bit conflicted about this movie. So this is a, what, what do you call this? A parody? Satire. This is satire about a World War II era child played by Roman Griffin Davis. The child's name is Jojo. And Jojo is, wants to be, a Nazi. A, right. He wants to serve in Hitler's army. And the story is him and what happens to him. And so if you have not seen this movie, I, I'm actually going to say this right here on the outset. This is actually a pretty interesting movie. If you can get past the first 15 minutes that seem really troubling. Oh, I don't know, Stephen. I don't know. It's not just 15 minutes of this movie. It is. Yeah, it's pretty bad throughout. Like, it's very awkward. <laughs> but I feel like this movie has some really deep themes and well, we can get to that in a second, but uh, I don't even know where to begin. What did you think of Taika Waititi as the the imaginary friend of Hitler? Imaginary, imaginary Hitler. Hitler to Jojo. So I know his work from Thor Ragnarok. He was also Korg in that uh, voice. Right. Him. So like, right. I know his work and I know his like goofiness. To be fair. Him as Hitler was, I didn't find it as funny as I think I was supposed to find it. Some of the physical comedy. So I found his accents kind of funny because it definitely went in and out of all kinds of things. So you're going to get out there and you're going to have a great time, okay? Okay. That's the spirit. Okay. Right. Which I guess is supposed to be the, yeah, intentionally supposed to be the thing. Like they interviewed him about like, because he has, you know, he's, he's Jewish. Right. And he was basically like, basically thumbing my nose at right. Hitler. It's like the ultimate disrespect. I'm just going to make you into a, like a farce. Right. So I found that like, I find the kind of behind the scenes interesting about it because he really, he does. He plays him like serious enough at times where you're like, yeah, this guy's terrible. Right. But then at other times, just like a little boy's imagination, he's like, let's be buds. I think you're cool. I wonder, first of all, I don't know if this movie could have been made in the 20th century. <sighs> Even now feels... A little awkward. I, I really wonder, you know, there's this idea that we can't forget history because we need to understand that they were terrible times and a people, namely Jewish people, were treated horribly. And to see it in this movie, I guess, reminds us that 
people can be this terrible. Right. But I also feel like I wonder what it felt like to watch this as a Jewish person. Oh, man. Yeah. Like to see the drawings like in the notebooks and the names and words that they were called. Like that's it was really jarring and like visceral. Right. I would say it was very affecting to me just because the way that it's all framed through the eyes of a child and how this kid can speak such hate. Right. But at the same time, you can tell that he still has this boyish like like right. any kid, but he's so been twisted by this right. rhetoric. It was it really stuck with me. And I would say, I don't like a negative way, but in a way that's like, it was really affecting on me. And I think it did exactly what it was supposed to do, which is, right. I really thought to myself, like, this movie hit me on the hatred and discrimination and just like evil of a time that was literally, what, 60 years ago? Right. Well, 80, 70, 80 years ago now. Yeah. 70 to 80 years ago. Yeah. Like that's not that long ago. And seeing it with like seeing these kids talk about how they want to like stab a Jew. Oof. You know, the portrayal of it is one thing, but then also like those are actual kids who had to say those actual words on camera and like rehearse those lines and maybe do multiple takes. And I wonder like, does that affect their mind? as they're playing these roles. You know what I mean? I, I wonder how I'm careful. sure there were some people on on set. Like counselors. Yeah. I will say, so Jojo, played by Roman Griffin Davis, the little boy, I think he was a tremendous actor in this movie. I thought he was great, yeah. Yeah, he was. He did tremendous. And let's, for a little lightheartedness, I do think there are some hilarious lines in this movie. There are some, re- yeah, there are some really good lines. I think Rebel Wilson even though she was only in the movie for, you know, here and there, she was pretty hilarious. <laughs> like she said, I've had 18 kids for Germany. Such a great year to be a girl. Yes. And or, or the, the where his his friend with the glasses. So unless you're Hitler hiding in a fat little boy's body, I'd be happy with second place. <sighs> I guess I'm just a kid in a fat kid's body. Case closed. It is. OK, so this is this is tough because. Because it is it is dark satire. It is like a dark comedy. And I have a hard time emotionally dealing with these movies. Because this movie legitimately has very funny parts. Right. But the funny parts are parts that are horrific. Like, it is horrifically yeah. funny. So there's part, like, I kind of start to chuckle. And then I think about the, like, yeah, this is, this is what people have actually done. Right. This is how people actually think. And it's like... I think that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you kind of chuckle and then think and go, oh, and then maybe chuckle again. Do you think that there are events or moments in history that should not be made into satire? Hmm. I don't think there necessarily is anything that I would consider out of bounds for it because the message behind it, like, that's what it does. That's what, like, satire does is it shows... It gets past your defensive walls using ridiculousness. Right. right. So true. it kind of like it infiltrates your mind in a way that you wouldn't just let a historical documentary get to. Like we put up walls to keep from feeling like bad. Right. <laughs> we do that all the time to emotionally shield right. ourselves. Satire like kind of breaks those down and then from the inside goes like, wait, what? There were kids that like were given grenades to them, like go out and like. Right. blow someone up right like yeah that was real 
But at the so at the moment, I chuckled at just Rebel Wilson's line going into right. it. Like, give right. the American a hug. It's like, oh, that's funny. And they're like, oh, that kid just blew up. Oh, man. Right. JoJo, in his training camp, does, he tries to throw a grenade and it bounces off a tree, which, is, again, is another funny moment. But he is injured, and then it has to be at home. He can't be in the Army anymore. A joke that I found never-endingly funny was about how, which, again, is part of the satire of anyone in, like, Nazi Germany this idea of if you were disabled at all or if you right. had any sort of like m- malformation, you were considered like unpure and like not right. fit for like right. the Aryan race. So people throughout this whole movie refer to, and he has like a few scars on his face. Right. You are hideous. You are a monster. <laughs> right. I was, I was afraid he was going to have like a two face situation from uh, <laughs> the dark Knight, Right. Where, you know, half his face would just be horribly mutilated. But I was like, Oh, that's not that bad. <laughs> Well, that's part of the comedy of it is like, yeah, right. it isn't that bad. And he's not that like he, he can walk and everything, right. but yeah. So can we talk about Scarlett Johansson for a moment? Yes. Playing Rosie, Jojo's mom. Spoilers from now on, everyone. Yes, there's, there's spoilers. Jojo's mom is against the war. The biggest spoiler is she is harboring a Jewish girl in the house, unbeknownst to her own son and, you know, trying to hide her. And so she is against all this. Right. But I just want to say, I've never seen... Scarlett Johansson in this kind of role, and I thought she was incredible. She was amazing. She was amazing in this role. Oh my goodness! All the moments with her and JoJo, beautiful and heartwarming, sometimes heart wrenching. Uh, there's even music. I just want to say I didn't notice this a ton because a lot of the music was just to play the satire and funny stuff. But when she comes up to JoJo early on in the movie and she's like, "Hey, kid." There's like this music track behind her and just like the way she looks at Jojo and the words she's saying, like it is just so touching. Hey, kid. (laughs) My darling little cub. And the one scene that, that really sticks out is when Jojo's really upset about, you know, his dad being away and, you know, he really wants to be in the army. Scarlett Johansson gets up goes to a fireplace and rubs soot on her face to look like she has a beard and then role plays a dad and voices herself. And it was one of the most amazing things I've seen. It was wonderful. Paul, I yelled at the kid. What? Go apologize. It was really, really good. Also, like the cinematography that goes with her, how they set up the an incredibly sad scene later by showing her feet all the time while she's dancing on the wall or while she's walking by, like it shows her shoes a lot. Right. And the way that that sets it up later uh, for her death. Right. Like you don't ever need to see her after that because you know, because you've seen like you've learned like part of her iconography is these kind of dancing shoes. And can I say, I was not expecting her to die in this movie. That really got me. Oh, man. Yeah. But all the scenes with her and Jojo, like, by the river, and she's joking with him and, like, ties his shoes together and then says, like, all right, see you at home. She was delightful uh, in this movie. She was great. And, well, and the the relationship they have where she mourns the fact that, like, he's a fanatic Nazi lover, but she is, like, knows that is wrong and evil. And so it's this idea of, like, how do you love your son while at the same time trying to protect him from the controlling party. Right. Because like, and not let him know that you're like in the resistance. 
Yeah. Oh, she also had this hilarious line when they were eating across from each other. And she said, I'm just going to chew on these grapes. And she sips the wine. <laughs> it's just perfect. Crunches on them. I might eat later. For now, I'm just going to chew on these grapes. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell as Captain Klenzendorf. Captain K. At the beginning, you know, he's kind of in the training of this camp and he's mad because he's injured and so he can't fight in the army. But as the movie progresses and he kind of becomes a quasi-father figure to Jojo, man, I really came to like him. I thought he did a great job. Well, and there's also like a kind of beneath it, which it starts as, as a joke and it ends up being sort of like part of the sadness is this idea of like, we kind of see he's maybe sort of closeted gay or openly gay. And so there's this like also like what Nazi people thought of gay people was also kind of in there as well. And there's this idea of like later on, he kind of hides the fact that he knows that Elsa is not uh, Jojo's right. sister and instead a Jewish girl hiding there. Right. And there's this idea of both of them were at times persecuted by Nazis. Yeah, that's true. And the final scene that he has, this is after Germany is defeated <sighs> and they're kind of lining up the Nazis. And then he has a moment with Jojo that is just really tear jerking. And then he, he turns and he takes the jacket off Jojo. So the people don't know he's German and he pushes him away. And, and, oh man, it was a powerful scene to, yeah, to save him. Come here, let's take a look at you. You look good. You're okay, kid. Now go home, look after that sister of yours. Okay. Get away. Get away, too. So, man, he was great. Okay, we have to talk about Elsa. Mm-hmm. Played by, is it Thomasin McKenzie? Elsa is the Jewish girl that, is, that Scarlett Johansson has hid in, in the home. Man, never seen her before. Her performance is great, too. She is a force in this movie. There's a scene where, you know, JoJo's like, you know, we're superior, Aryan race. And then she gets him, like, in a headlock. And she says this line... Descended from those who wrestle angels and kill giants. We were chosen by God. Man. Wow. (laughs) She's intense. Yeah, she's amazing. If you were to just put the guy, you know, the kid who plays Jojo and Elsa and Scarlett Johansson, like they were allowed, let the chefs cook. Right. And they were allowed to cook in this movie. Mm, That's good. And I would say the, a lot of the success of this movie rides on those three just killing it. Absolutely. All the interactions, too, with Jojo and her. At first, you know, Jojo's like, you know, tell me about the Jewish people. Like, you know, obviously still hating them. Yeah, where are your horns and right. that sort of thing. <laughs> and, and Elsa plays into it. She's like, oh, I haven't grown them yet. <laughs> She's like, yeah. has these yeah. funny lines. But, man, there's also this one scene after Jojo sees his mom having been hanged. And he goes up to Elsa and literally stabs her with a knife, like in her shoulder. And Elsa just, you know, removes the knife and does nothing, you know, and I think they hug after that. I think, I think she, go, like, he collapses on the floor and she goes kind of like nearby to comfort him. There's even the, uh, I thought it was hilarious, you know, Jojo pretends he's reading letters from her boyfriend, Nathan. Right. <laughs> and and uh, it was kind of funny because in the last scene, he's reading this letter. It's a blank piece of paper. Nathan, he died last year. Tuberculosis. Well, it's weird. Who wrote these? <laughs> well, me and fake Nathan still have a plan for you, right? Right, right. 
Yeah, and then the final scene when they go outside and dance, because Elsa said, you know, first thing we're going to do is dance once we're free. Like, right. it was just incredible. Whew. It's it's a really heavy movie, though, man. <laughs> this movie is shot. I, I did get Wes Anderson vibes in this. I got Moonrise Kingdom and that sort of, like, mm. it is quirky at times. It's shot. Taika said that he wanted the movie to be not gray and dreary like those World War II movies showing Germany typically are. Right. But he wanted to show like, yeah, actually while like the Third Reich was falling, like people were still, you know, it was colorful. People were still into fashion and and beautiful colors. And Mm. it wasn't until the end, it wasn't as if the world was crumbling apart. There was this denial and this idea of like, no, everything's fine. We'll just keep going, living our daily lives. So I really appreciate that the whole movie is shot not in a dreary way. Even like with the final like tanks attacking and everything, it's not, most movies make it cloudy and rainy and dreary. But this shows like this, a cruel juxtaposition between like war comes upon you regardless of if it's sunny outside. Tragedy right. strikes anytime sort of thing. Yeah. And I found that a choice to make the whole movie kind of like they're riding the bikes on a nice day and the caravan of wounded soldiers goes by, and there's this weird tension that it shows between like people are just enjoying their lives while you know the country is losing a war. Nate, do we need to rate this movie? Yeah, we do. Okay. I'm very curious what you're going to rate this because of your-, your Me too. I'm curious what I'm going to rate it too. On a scale of zero to five hand grenades, because it's kind of the object that yep. put JoJo on a different path to <laughs> interact with everybody. So zero to five- hand grenades oh and also the scene when the gestapo come to the house and are searching that was very tense scene yes and uh, yes. done super Indeed. well and when elsa came out and just been like no i'm a sister that was good oh man Nate, i'm gonna give this movie four hand grenades Ooh. this was a good movie and you know apart from <laughs> the subject matter which i'm still not sure how satirical you can be with this kind of stuff if you're going to it did it, I think, as well as you could. Right. You know, the, he was, I think Taika Waititi had lots of humor in this movie, and I genuinely chuckled at many points. The relationships with Scarlett Johansson and JoJo and Elsa, like, that whole triangle was, yeah, just pulled on the emotions to see this little boy's journey, basically changing his mindset. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to change your mind about something. Mm. And that's what this movie shows is that, Maybe if you sit down and look at a person in the face and talk to them over and over again, you might start thinking of them as human, even if you didn't before, and you might actually learn to love them. And maybe if we all just do that more often, there'll be less hate. Less us and them. Less us and them, and there will be a greater humanizing of people. Yeah, and like I think it's a good message for any time you know and it it used one of the darkest times in human history to to tell that story and so i have to say i mean it's it was good and it was funny so four four grenades i'm conflicted between my personal liking and my unbiased little tiny critic liking of it okay i'm going to give it a three and a half okay i think Right now, I am averaging out 
my unbiased and my biased opinion. Right. So I would say like it'd be probably a two and a half for me on the me scale, right. but four and a half on the subjective. This is a really good movie scale. So three and a half meets me right in the middle. It is my two sides. This movie has stuck with me because it really shows how humans can, with the right amount of bad information and kind of hate surrounding them, that like people can have monstrous thoughts about others mm. in a way that they don't think they're monsters themselves. And that is sad, but also true. And it, this movie not only made me think about like the Holocaust and like Nazis in general, but also racism yeah. and how like people grown up in like growing up in racist families and how like even with like skin color, they briefly talk about it with Aryan race. Like the fact that it still exists, it, there is still like kind of these baked in prejudices and biases, even in our day and age, which is not that far from this day and age. Right. All of like this movie really got me to the core when it com- comes to like, yeah, like seeing a little kid who in some ways doesn't know better. At some point in time, Scarlett Johansson says like, you're not a Nazi. Right. Or no, no, it was Elsa that says you're not a Nazi. You're just a kid who like wants to be part of a club. Right. And it like, yeah, that's very scary. And it's thinking about. I don't know, all sorts of bad things in this world. Sorry that wasn't very uh, lighthearted. <laughs> but that's what this movie did for me, is that it really made me think, made me think like, yeah, there is capacity for very, very wrong in all of us. The way that this movie kind of pulls at that and also says like, there is also hope for us to see each other as worthy of love is actually kind of cool as well yeah do i like dark comedies and satires i don't think i think no yeah this is not my cup of tea so i would not necessarily want to watch it again i can admit all of it being good but not my cup of tea i'm with you on that i would not naturally go to this kind of movie like in quarantine (laughs) to say (laughs) what would i like to entertain myself with today right this is not one of them that I would naturally go to. Like, I will go to the 1998 Godzilla first, or I'll go to one of the many <laughs> disaster movies that I enjoy. Yeah, watch those. This, this is like, you have to be in a mindset to either turn your brain off and just laugh at the humor, or be, like, fully ready to contemplate the things of life. Right. And the, and the human condition and how many terrible things have happened in the past. Like, it's, it's one or the other. Like, I don't think you can just kind of passively watch it and say, like, huh, yeah, that was really bad that that happened. But then laugh the next right. second. I think it's well, one or the and, other. and even, like, it pulls us to modern times. It pulls us to, like, we are still able to be influenced to look at people groups outside of our own. We, you know, we don't think of things as silly as they have horns. But we may think something as silly as like they are naturally against us or they like they'll come right. for us if we don't come for them or whatever. Right. The us and them again. Yeah, exactly. Might I just say this movie felt a little bit like medicine. Mm. Med- like I didn't like it when it was going down. Right. I didn't even like the aftertaste. Mm. But in some weird way, I feel better for having taken it. Hmm. 
That's good. Well, listeners, do not think us and them as you go to your grocery store and buy all the toilet paper. Think about other people who need food as well. <laughs> think about everyone else. You know, we didn't plan a top five for today because, I mean, let's be honest, you got a whole bonus episode in the feed a couple days ago. So if you'd like a top five, go back to that and hear our top five quarantine activities and things to do or things that we're looking for. I think we may have even done exactly five positive things during this quarantine time. That's right. So go back and listen to our top five positives from quarantine after you've listened to whatever this is, 30 minutes of Hitler and World War II talk. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, I'm not sure what this is. I'm not sure the way this goes down to our listeners. If uh, you don't like it, sorry, we'll be back with something goofier next week. Uh, and if you did like it, um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think, I mean, to be real, I think this is why movies can be an important thing. Yes. And sometimes a movie actually says something meaningful that we should think about. Whether or not this movie actually did that well or not or asked the right questions or not, it makes you think about things. And if a movie does anything, if it can do that, I think there's some amount of success that can be attributed to it. I know this is at the very end, so probably like not worth it at all. But if you haven't seen this movie, there are definitely, like, it is not graphic, it is not rated R or anything, but it definitely has some traumatic uh, sort of scenes. A rabbit gets killed. Like, that's, I mean, like, stuff like that right. is not stuff like, there are definitely, I guess, triggery things in this movie. So check it out. Maybe get a, a full plot synopsis if you're thinking about doing it. And even if you're not affected by those things too badly, might I suggest maybe a palate cleanser. Or <laughs> maybe the person, if you're quarantined with someone, have a discussion about it. That's my little PSA at the end of this. PSA. Well, listeners, listen, if you need some cheering up, we have many episodes in the can. This is episode 99. We're one episode away from our 100th episode. We will not do <laughs> this deep of a movie for our 100th episode. But there's many that you can listen to before. I encourage you to listen to our Greatest Showman episode, our Aladdin episode, any of our disaster movie episodes. Those are really a, a lighthearted. So if you need some things to listen to during this time of self-isolation, head back into the vault, into the Mott's vault. Go back into the vault. There are plenty of episodes there. I hope you enjoy them. Reach out to us if you would like recommendations, suggestions, thoughts at Movies on the Side on Instagram or email us podcast at moviesontheside.com. We have never been more available on social media than we are now. And if <laughs> you don't right. have as much to do, feel free to reach out. That's right. We'd be happy to communicate with you. That's right. So long. Farewell. I'll be to say. <laughs>